Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. Uh, you know, with this, 
well, first of all, let's just let's just get to this. Like the ACC has had crazy finishes the last couple of weeks in regards to special teams play, and that's and, and we're not even going to throw what happened at Michigan, you know, between Michigan State and Michigan. But you know, from Florida State having that uh, block field goal return for a touchdown that essentially all but knocked them out of the playoff discussion, at least for now, anyway, and right. Uh, Miami doing this eight lateral uh, thing on Duke on something on the lateral that shouldn't have counted, by the way. But that's another story. But what's what's going on with the with the Atlantic Coast Conference? All this crazy finish. Are we going to be in store for another crazy finish? Is it like, between Clemson and Florida State or Duke and Carolina that will throw more chaos to the ACC hierarchy? Yeah, I don't. I think those two plays are. You know, you could go four or five years and not see two endings. You know, like that. You might go a decade and not see two things, two two uh, finishes like that in a conference. So I, yeah. I'd say the odds are are pretty low of it happening happening again. It, it's just funny because of the you know the Georgia Tech block was a was a very non controversial play. A great. Right. A great play that 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 um, uh, I'm not sure if it was Lance or Lawrence Austin, the two twins at, at Georgia Tech. But one of the Austin twins, I think it was Lance, you know, made the great return. It was Lance, and, and, right? Yeah, and such a you know huge win for Georgia Tech, and you know, in a season for them that's been pretty disappointing. Like you said, you know, for the moment, knocked Florida State out of the champion. I mean, out of the playoff chase, and then you get the the Miami Duke finish, and. You know, the play itself was a, was a great finish, but there was so much controversy uh, surrounding it. It, it overtook, it, you know, what happened on the field. Right. Right. And and, and I'll tell you what, though. That Miami-Duke game, I mean, sure, people bloviate on the fact that Duke got screwed and all this blah, blah, stuff, which technically they did because, again, uh, I think – Forget the name of the kid's name from Miami, but his knee hit the ground before he lateraled the ball. That shouldn't have counted. Mm-hmm. And and they they mistakenly picked up the flag for uh, several blocks in the back on that play, and they claimed that they didn't use replay to fix that. I and I believe that when when I see pigs fly, but Miami <laughs> got holes. One could argue that Miami got holes the entire game. They got called for 23 penalties, 23 to Duke's five. And that last drive that Duke had, you had pass interference penalty after pass interference penalty after pass interference penalty. And did Thomas Sirk get in on that quarterback sneak for a touchdown to put him up by three momentarily? I mean, it, it was just horrible fishing all the way around, horrible fishing all the way around. And, and I didn't think that John Swafford did enough in terms of punishing those knuckleheads on the field that put on a clown show from an officiating standpoint. I thought they should be banned for good, at least at least for the rest of the season. Um, but how about all this talk? Because Mike and Mike, well, Mike Reber and Mike and Mike said that Duke should be awarded a victory, which you know I think is silly, but I mean it is what it is. But do you think that Commissioner Swafford didn't do enough? I mean, should they he even just declare the game like a, a glorified mistrial as if it didn't happen? And maybe restore Duke's, I don't know, chasing the chances in the coastal in the coastal division. I mean, what what's the you and all this madness basically? 
Um, well, you know, I, I, I agree with what you said about the game, and I'm, I'm glad you framed it the way that you did because it wasn't just that final play where there was a lot of controversy. Yeah. The whole game was a complete officiating, you know, debacle. Just like you said, you know, the penalties were 23 to, I think Duke had maybe five, and Miami had almost 200 yards in penalty yardage. The pass interferences on, on three times on that final drive for Duke, um, you know, I I think one of them was pretty obvious, but the other two were were controversial. And then the most controversial play, like you said, was was did Cirque get in at the goal line for Duke? There was never a, a definitive um, replay angle to see it. And ESPN, you kind of glossed over it, saying he's in. I was like, man, Miami fans are going to be irate. And then, of course, the final play where it did look like his knee was down, and then there was multiple violations maybe with a couple blocks in the back. Um, you know, like you said, the ACC doesn't, you know, in their bylaws, they're not going to overturn a game once it's over, no, nor should they. If the game is over, right. it's over. I mean, and you can't define it, even if it's on the final play of the game, if there's a wrong call, it, it's just going to open a complete Pandora's box of every single call, you know, someone coming back and saying it defect, uh, it affected the outcome of the game. So they definitely should not have overturned it. They did the right thing there. Um, a couple of uh, uh, media, national media folks I saw even suggested that Miami should forfeit the game and, and award Duke with the that's game. Silly. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's ridiculous too. You know, <laughs> uh, Miami absolutely should not do that. But what you said about what could the ACC do, and then I think I'm going to, you know, put this down in, in one of my blog articles because I was thinking about it. You know, what can they do? You know, they can't turning overturning the result is is ridiculous. Um, you know, they can ban the officials a couple games or even for the rest of the season. But I think what one of the things the ACC could do is they can kind of overhaul their their whole way they manage officiating. I think they do okay. like off season clinics for their officiating. Right. But the ACC has a pretty bad reputation with their with their officiating. You know, I think them and the Pac twelve pretty much get the most universal criticism from 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 <laughs> outside viewers. And I think, you know, if they kind of set up something uh and made it more transparent about, hey, we're gonna take what's happening on the field now really serious. I, I mean, I think they did before, but uh, I mean, I'm sure they did before, but now you have to kind of be more public about it, more transparent and saying, these are the steps we're going to take to improve, you know, officiating in this conference. We're going to overhaul how we do replays. We're going to overhaul how we train our officials. You know, I, I don't know, maybe they can do something. They can add another official to the field or position them different. I mean, with such a play like in Miami, you know, you, you've got whatever the number of officials that were out there. Uh, uh, it's um, kind of escaping exactly how many were out there, but it's hard to cover a hundred, you know, yards of a field with with the ball going back and forth. So, what I would like to see in, in the next couple of weeks is them to come out with a statement about how they're going to overhaul officiating in the conference. I, I think that'd be a start, not just to kind of suspend this crew, because there's there's been other poor officiated games in the ACC 
that that have caused controversy. This just happened to be the worst example of it. Right, and that's the thing. I mean, stuff happens. You know, what I mean, it, it, you know, that's just the way it is. I mean, that's that. I mean, Miami and well, both Duke and Miami, for that matter, are not the first teams caused you to be royally screwed up by the officiating. I mean, check out the the fifth down controversy of years past between Colorado and Missouri back in Cordell Stewart days, and the big and what was then the Big Eight. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I mean, stuff happens. Dirt, I mean, hell, they Georgia people Tech argue that the. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was about to say, you know, Georgia Georgia Tech fans do not have fond memories of the the fifth down play with Missouri. They, you know, they had to split the national title with Colorado that year, and they should That's have. right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I almost forgot about that. 1990, I remember that. Uh, that was much debated. But, I mean, I mean, shoot, you just – I mean, there's several plays, there's several games. And I was going to say, even that famed, like, return between Cal and Stanford in the early 80s, arguably shouldn't that count. I mean, there's so many things, so many, so many referee officiating blunders that have crossed – Teams games, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's just a human element. No one can do anything about that mess. Um, but I will yeah. say this, though. I will say this. It's made that in the Georgia Tech full thinking has made the ACC seem more exciting and put a more uh, a, a shine a bigger light on what was arguably a dismal ACC football season because, I mean, it, to me, it, 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 it's the conference was worse in terms of quality than it was last year and the year before last. I I would say Florida State's championship run, national championship run, was the best the conference had looked in a very long time because you had several teams in the top ten, like three or four teams in the top ten, five hovering around the top 15 at one point. But, I mean, we're now with Florida State losing, albeit on a fluky play, but still losing to Georgia Tech and with the college football playoff rankings coming out, the only two ACC teams ranked. They didn't give Carolina any love at all. And, you know, now it seems even though Clemson's a tough dog in the college football playoff rankings, we'll go more about the college football playoff rankings in the ACC in a, in a bit. But I want to ask you, how do you, what's your assessment We're going to, like, the last three, or three games of the, se- of the regular season, three or four games of the regular season, What's your assessment of the Atlantic Coast Conference to this point? And uh, in, in the playoff case, or over the course of the whole season? Just the whole season first. The whole season. Um, I mean, considering how how the season started, uh, I, I think it's actually a little bit better than than what it could be. I think the year started, you know, the ACC didn't have anyone in position for the playoffs. I mean, we had uh, uh, Clemson, what was uh, I think they started the year around 10 or 11 or 12 and Florida State was was 8 or 9, but they didn't have a team that even started anywhere near the top 4. So I I think from from that standpoint, you know, we've had Clemson assert themselves. They got to number 1 here in the first playoff rankings. That was good. Um, Florida State, for the most part, outside of the of the loss to Georgia Tech, even though they haven't looked great, you know they're still a top twenty team. Uh, Georgia Tech has been a huge disappointment this season. And then, like you said, with the finishes um, the last two weeks, and, and a lot of people will say, you know, 
no publi- there's no such thing as bad publicity. Even bad That's publicity true. is is good. And and you know the ACC has been kind of front and center with these wild finishes the last two weeks, and there's there's still some opportunity. Um, you know, for some some really compelling games at the end of the year, we, we look at North Carolina. They didn't make the the rankings this week, but I'm I'm pretty sure they're just like right outside of the rankings. They're ranked in the AP in the coaches poll. Uh, they've won seven right. games in a row, and I do think they're the best team in the coastal. And I feel like they're going to get to the ACC championship game with ten wins. And if they're a ten win team, they'll be ranked in that poll. Right. They probably won't be that high, I mean, you know, in contention for a playoff spot. But if they're 10-2, and two, they'll probably be around 15, which if, if Florida State or Clemson is, is, is still hanging around the playoff position, I, I think they'll play a credible North Carolina team. So, like you said, this was not going to be the best year in ACC football. I, they definitely made some gains from over four or five years ago. But right. It, it's kind of turned out not to be as bad as what it what it could have been. I mean, if Clemson loses to Notre Dame, then the ACC wouldn't have any team anywhere in the playoff conversation at all. So it, right. it, it could be a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It could be always a lot worse. It's good saying. Um, and I guess we could probably this is a college football playoff conversation now. Um, I mean, the thing is, is that. It, it looks to be that. Well, first of all, let's 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 look at Carolina for a minute. Carolina, to your point, could easily go ten and one. They're favored in the remaining games this season. Even at Vitek, even at well, they host Miami, they host Duke this week, which will be a huge contest. And I feel whoever wins that game can win that close position, in my opinion. Um, and they'll beat my beloved NC State. Uh, they just State can't play defense all of a sudden, but be that as it may. What I I'm trying to figure out how in the hell did UNC lose to South Carolina? How how did they lose to South Carolina to begin the season? I mean, I mean, you, we could say what is all day long, but we should be looking at a undefeated UNC Tar Heel team right now. I I still don't know for like me how in the hell they lost to South Carolina to begin the season. I just don't I yeah. don't know how that happened. I I remember watching that game. And we knew coming into that game that South Carolina was not good. They've proven not to be a good team at all. That you know, Sir Spurrier retires in the middle of the season, and I'm sure that Larry Fedora looks back on that game with a lot of regret. You know, if they just uh, if they just Marquise Williams doesn't throw you know a couple interceptions in the red zone and he hands it off to Elijah Wood to finish off the game. Yes. They probably win that yes. game by a couple of touchdowns. And, you yes. know, they could be the ACC version of of Iowa this year. They'd probably be ranked in around 9 or 10. So, yes. yeah, they, they they probably look <laughs> back on that loss with a lot of regret. But but to their credit, they've, uh, you know, I, I felt like North Carolina could get off to a really fast start this year. I thought they had a chance to be 7-1, but I thought – I thought they had to beat South Carolina, and I thought they would lose to Georgia Tech. To their right. credit, they, they put that early loss behind them, and they are becoming a really a pretty good team, especially on offense with, with Marquise Williams, with Elijah Wood, with Switzer out on the edge, and, and Quinchon Davis at wide receiver. I mean, they have, right. some, they have some talent on that offense. 
And the defense has really yeah. come along under under Gene Chizik. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. Gene Chizik should be the best acquisition of any hiring of any college team in the country this year. I mean, talk about night and day from last season, which the defense was absolutely a, a train wreck last year. I mean, giving us seventy points to ECU, East Carolina, that still won't that still won't get that in my memory. But to your point, if Larry Fedora, Larry Fedora lost that game. Early in the year, by the way, you know, not handing the ball off to Elijah Hood, who had over well over hundred yards rushing. They could South Carolina had no answer for him on defense, and yet they wanted to make Marquise Williams a hero, which he clearly did not play. That was one of his worst games, probably his worst, the worst game of the season for him. But to his credit, too, Marquise bounced back. You know, the young man is playing good football, and Fedora. Like, remember, they had a running game, a <laughs> star running back. Right. And he defeated him the rock, which is good for Carolina and possibly good for Clemson or Florida State because if they, if Carolina keeps winning and they and they creep up to a 15 ranking or maybe outside the top 10, that makes whoever, whether it's Clemson or Florida State, I think it's for the rest of the Clemson, the rest may look that much better, even though they have by far the best one this season, which was Notre Dame. But right. it seems like even outside of that, I think Florida State, I think it's, if they do beat Clemson, I don't think they will, but if they do beat Clemson, and if they do work against Florida at the end of the season, it depends on how the other conference champions shake out. If they have, if anyone has more than one loss, Florida State may have a shot to be back in it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's out of the question. I, I think somebody pointed out that Ohio State, when they released their first rankings, was in that was in that fifteen sixteen range too when they made the playoffs. And Florida State definitely has some opportunities down the stretch, um, you know, to move up in the rankings. Right now, Clemson is, is ranked number one. Florida State is sixteen. They go to they go to Death Valley and they beat um, and they beat Clemson. They're probably moving up at least six or seven spots, you know, to that nine or ten range. Then they get Florida, and, and that game I think is on the road too. You win there, and, and yeah, that's probably that's that's your SEC East champion. I think they've already locked locked that up, you know, barring a total collapse. But I think they've already locked it up. You go and win there, and you're probably sitting around five or six, uh, and playing probably a ten win North Carolina team. You go there, and and, and maybe play an outstanding game, maybe maybe win it like 35-10, really impressed. I, I don't think – I think Florida State's got a long road ahead of them, but I don't think it's out of the question that they can get back into it because they still have several marquee games left, and that, that's what gives them a chance. If, if they had already had played Clemson or, or Clemson wasn't a ranked team and Florida State was still struggling like they had been the past few years, I, I think right. they, they wouldn't have really almost any chance and but they, I think that I don't think they're quite out of it because uh, you know the Georgia Tech loss is, is going to look ugly on their resume, no question about it. But uh, you know Ohio State was able to recover after losing a two touchdown game to a, a pretty poor Virginia Tech team last year too. Right. And right. And and so I don't I don't think Florida State is all the way out of it. They got they got a long road a, a, a long road ahead of them, but I, I don't think they're completely out of it. Right, and I agree with you. I mean, it just—I mean, again, play the what if game. What if uh, 
like Ghost's pass was in the end was intended and intercepted. What if you know, it came with some points in that drive and that would would, would render that that uh that that field goal attempt moot? Um, right. You know, what if again going back to Carolina? What if Larry Fedora didn't coach with his head in his ass and <laughs> give the ball to Elijah Hood and ends up beating down South Carolina the way they should have? I mean, it'd be just like the Big Ten right now. You have two undefeated teams, well, three undefeated teams, right? Two, one division, one the other division, and you know, with a clear path to possibly the top ten ranking, and all all would be right in the world. But I. But me personally, even with the uh, the, the the perceived disrespect that co- the, the 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 committee is giving the ACC at this point, I, I would say that it's pretty much justified. Outside of maybe not including North Carolina, I, I think it's pretty justified given uh, you know given the performances of most of the teams in the conference this season. But you know, the season's not over. I mean, I think still think Pitt was a, is a good story on the first year coach. Uh, Pat Narduzzi, uh, I think that uh, even though Duke got morally screwed over, I think Duke's been pretty, pretty, pretty good story as well. I mean, Duke was predicted to finish near the bottom of, of their own division. Um, and Clemson has by far exceeded everyone's expectations, including yours truly. I could have sworn it would be Florida State's division all over again, but that, looking at that to be the case right now, and, you know, Clemson to, to be able to – have by far the best win of the season by now. That we're being up a, a top five Notre Dame team in the college football playoff rankings, and Notre Dame is looking great. So the better Notre Dame does the finish season, the better Clemson's win win uh, is. And you know, and again, Florida State's not quite out of it yet, but I, I think this coming Saturday they'll be out of it for good. I don't think they're beating Clemson on the road, and you know. It's just pretty much going to come down to who's going to do work the rest, you know, the rest of the year. And if so, then they shouldn't have a problem keeping the top spot and making the college football playoff. Right, and I think the committee even showed already in their first ranking that that they'll forgive a loss if if you have some if if you look really good in other games. I mean, they already put Alabama at the number four position, even though they have a a loss a home loss to an Ole Miss team that got smashed by Memphis. They had a five-turnover yeah. game against Ole Miss, and, and they really haven't beaten anybody. You know, I mean, if they beat LSU, I, I would say, okay, yeah, that's a top-four team. But they they really don't have any any strong wins. I, I know they beat Georgia, but but we saw how they've collapsed. Texas A&M Georgia is a little – yeah, Georgia's terrible. <laughs> and uh, and um, uh, Texas A&M was overrated when, when they played them. Right. So, so Alabama doesn't really have any high quality wins, but just because of the way they looked pretty dominant in some of those games, uh, they got the benefit of the doubt, and and that's why I don't. That's why I think that they're they're willing to look past a loss if you right. can put the marquee wins on that resume, and that that's something that you know you look at what they did with Baylor and uh, TCU with their lack of really strong out of conference wins. You know, mm-hmm. they kind of punish them, even though they're both undefeated. They don't have any, especially Baylor hasn't played anyone out of conference, and and Florida State gets that chance when they play at Florida later this year. Yeah, yeah that should be fun to watch. Uh, I'll get you out here on this one last bit. Uh, I'm sure you heard about the the ACC network being possibly delayed by ESPN 
uh, due right. to the cost-cutting measures, and you know they already had to lay off. Maybe ESPN had to lay off 300 employees, and it could be more coming because I guess people are moving to the a la carte or or just doing the whole online thing. Uh, a lot of quite a few administrators, like like the one in Georgia, one in Georgia Tech, are afraid they're going to they're going to fall further behind the other Power Four leagues financially. And a lot of them are mad that ESPN is dragging their feet, dragging its feet, and seemingly they don't want to go into it. I think I have my own theories, but I want to hear yours first. What, what do you, what's, what's, what do you, why do you think ESPN is dragging their feet? What do you think is going on behind the scenes with that? Well, uh, I, I think the uh, the television landscape it changed so rapidly, and, and you know, like you said, they've they've had recent layoffs. They've probably really overpaid for some of these rights that they had. You know, uh, I think they really overpaid for the for the NFL is, what, is one of the things that they were saying. So, and they just launched the SEC network a couple of years ago. So, I think once the the, the negotiations got really deep into discussion, you know, ESPN starts looking at their numbers and saying. Well, this this might not be something we want to start, you know, just yet, because everything is changing so rapidly. We we don't want to get into a a, a money losing venture here, because they they've had other ventures that really didn't pan out. The SEC network, Check you know, went, went off great. It 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 did great. That that was a, a unmitigated. That was a a huge success. But the Longhorn network right. has been a really, you know, they haven't been able to get carriage. And that's been a really disappointing venture for ESPN. The Pac-12 network is still struggling to get carriers going. The Big Ten network is successful now, but it took several years before yeah, it became profitable. Yeah. And and I think that's what what got got ESPN concerned right now. And I, I think for the ACC, it's not so much a concern about falling behind so far with the Big 12 and the Pac-12 because they have, even Pac-12. You'll, you'll see writers of theirs. They're concerned because they're falling behind. Their network is, is not profitable. It makes a small profit, but they're still tr- struggling to get carriers. It's really become the big two. You got the SEC and the Big Ten. They're, those are like your financial, you know, juggernauts when it comes to right. revenue. And you got the other three, you know, struggling to keep up. And the ACC is in the, in that boat with the Big 12 and the and the Pac-12 trying to figure out ways to to you know gen- generate revenue uh the news th- there's no way you can sugarcoat it and say oh it's not a big deal that 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 was not good news to to hear with so many people expecting it to start in 2017 and uh in my opinion um this is something that John Swafford has to to find a, a way around and this comes almost the same with the with the officiating. You know, it's time for him to be more transparent about what's going on. He he likes to keep things close to the vest, not to be right. too public. And and I'm one hundred percent positive he did not want that information to be released, you know, through the Georgia Tech president at that time. And there's there's absolutely no way he anticipated mm-hmm. that information getting out. And David Peel of the Daily Press, who's one of the uh, ACC writers that I, I really respect, he does a great job. He, he wrote a blog Love. article. Yeah, he, he's really good. And he wrote an article 
you know, as after they contacted Swafford, he said, oh, that's premature, it's speculative. At the end of his blog particle, he said, you know, it's time for, for Swafford to to make some definitive statements about what the plan is going to be. And that, that's – I don't have such a big problem that the network is going to be delayed as much as I, I want to hear what the plan is going to be. <laughs> and I'm sure that, yeah. you know, the administrators and the leaders of – of the uh, ACC member schools want to hear it too, you know, not just like a handful of like the president, you know, the people who are big boosters to these universities want to know what's, what's the plan going to be now, you know, Mr. Swafford. (laughs) Right. You're a ninja. You're a great ninja. We're going to Syracuse pit getting those, uh, what the, uh, the, the rent of rights, which really was, was when the ACC was nearly on his deathbed. Um, you know, it, it, he did all that in his, in, his, in his normal clandestine way, but it's time to him to just to put up a shove at this point, just say, I mean, he, they really need him to be a leader. I mean, he is a great, a, great, a great leader. I mean, I can't do his job, obviously, but he mm-hmm. needs to come up with a plan and say, yo, this is what we're going to do, and make it known to the media, the ACC, the media who covers the ACC, and – but check out this theory, and I'll give you a very quick theory, and I promise I'll let you go. Um, with Notre Dame sitting in this back pocket, you know, as a quasi-member in football, and, you know, they're with NBC, right? They'd be in the Irish or with NBC. And mm-hmm. I think the ESPN is going to try and bid for the Big Ten to, to get the Big Ten network, carry the, to carry the Big Ten network when, when it's time for, for negotiations with the Big Ten and Fox. And I think, this is what I think, I think ESPN is holding out for those negotiations with the Big Ten. I think that's why uh, the ACC network is on place being placed in the back burner because if ESPN goes with that, and I know ESPN has a contract with the ACC that goes through, what, 2026, 2027? Um, I think if that were to happen, though, I think the ACC will start looking for another carrier, a la Fox Sports. I'm just putting it out there. And perhaps NBC Sports, if they really work on Notre Dame behind the scenes to bring them into the fold of football as well. Um, so I think it all hinges on what ESPN does with the Big Ten. That's what I'm getting yeah, that, I think that's why they're holding out. That, that's, that's, a, that's a great point because even if the ACC network were going to start up in 2017, as what many of us thought, uh, those Big Ten, their television contract renewal is coming up next year, even before right. that. So, I mean, that's a that's definitely a valid point that ESPN is, might be looking at, well, how much is, are we going to put into the Big Ten, and, you know, how much is that going to leave us, you know, to work on the ACC, or do they lose out on the Big Ten, or do they go, you know, all in to try to, try to get as much Big Ten content as, as they can? So, I definitely think that's that definitely could play a factor. I think I think you're 100 percent right about that. I think that was is probably one of the factors too that's that's figuring in on ESPN because they they can't and that goes back to the other stuff with the fees for the NFL and some of the others. They can't just jump in with with every conference paying at the highest amount because that's just not going to make financial sense to them. Right. So right. But they're probably they're probably trying to see how the Big Ten is going to play out first, and that that's probably part of it. 
Well, I think you know that the if that the ACC if, if they and that if that's the, the given scenario. I think they kind of screwed themselves in a long contract deal to have ESPN because they can't jump ship, right? They can't jump ship to like Fox Sports or even NBC Sports uh, if they feel them feel that ESPN is like letting them hang out a little bit, hang out to dry. So, I mean, it's it's it's, it's tough, but we'll see. But I, I just think that's the, I guess, the dangers of signing a long term contract with any entity. <laughs> you know, you don't have much yeah. room to negotiate. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely they're definitely going to be joined at the hip for ESPN for the duration of that contract, which I think runs through twenty twenty six or twenty twenty seven. But yeah. you know, like we've been Ten saying, yeah. So, but like we've been saying, I, I think Swafford can put a lot of you know frustration at ease and a lot of the nervousness at ease if he just kind of puts some transparency into what the plan is going to be. And he doesn't have to do it next week. But if if they just come out with something, any kind of definitive statement or plan in the next few months, I, mm. I think people will say, okay, well, all right, if the, the network is planned for 2019 and we're going to do X, Y, and Z until then, I think people are going to be okay with it. It's, it's when you get the, that information that kind of sneaks in unexpected and it's not, you know, it's that kind of bad news and then he's kind of caught – you know, with with these vague statements about it being speculative and premature, that's that's what kind of can frustrate people. So, <laughs> right, yeah, he needs to just he needs to just come out and just come with it. You know what I mean? It's and just put all all everything to, to rest and just get a plan yeah. So more before. that's all we want, just a plan. Exactly. So more transparency with the officiating and more transparency with the uh, you know the network and television plan would would I think that'd be a great start for the ACC. Right. <laughs> we'll go from there. Hey, Jeff, thanks a lot, buddy. I really appreciate the insight. Let's do it again soon. Okay, thanks for having me. Enjoy it. All right, cool. All right, that's my man Jeffrey Fan from All Sports Discussion ACC blog. Check him out. Um, yeah, so it's one of those things where I, I, I just think that, you know, John Swaber should come and become more transparent as far as AC Network goes. Well, as far as the and it's closing with the college football put out. All I have to say is, as long as Clemson wins out, the ACC has nothing to worry about as far as representation in the college football playoffs. That's all I have to do is put up a show. Well, that's about it. I'm going to go and check out the uh, going for ACC to the MAC, Northern uh, Illinois, and, and Toledo on television. But for now, thank you for tuning in to the clown out to Scott Burks. Send y'all good old, old fashioned old six. And then good night. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.